Any successful rebuild starts in the trenches, and thankfully, thankfully, Hugh Freeze knows that. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining me as he does every Friday, we're dapping it up with Daryl Dappage Montgomery, Radio Vet, our final show before Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. And Auburn got a late Christmas present on early signing day. We already put the show up. Uh, but favor Edwin commits. And this is just another example. Another example, Daryl, of Hugh Freeze emphasizing the battle in the trenches. Because that's where games and won or lost, went won and lost. And the Auburn Tigers, when you look at the offensive and defensive line going into 2024, I mean, what a difference 14, 15 months makes, however long Hugh Freeze has been here. I mean, it's it's, it's dramatic, the difference that we've seen. And that's what it looks like when a coaching staff comes in and puts an emphasis on adding big men on both sides of the line. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, you look at a kid like Edwin and uh, 6'6", 300 pounds, chose Auburn over Alabama and Florida, had some group of fives in there. And, you know, it's it's big because when you combine the three offensive linemen with this class and how many offensive linemen Auburn signed in the last class, that's, you know, we, we joked about it last year. It was like more than Auburn can consecutively sign in three years. And now it's just kind of stack. I, I'm all about stacking. Stacking is a big term and a very important thing when you're rebuilding and reconstructing a roster and a program. You stack. You stack recruiting classes. You stack portal classes, you stack wins. Stacking is the buzzword. And that's exactly what Hugh Freeze is doing. This is a kid from Nigeria that started out playing basketball. So I think he could be a, a guy that you don't need to count on to contribute right away, yes. but he's raw. He reminds me a lot of Prince Wega, right? From that, that came and, and from a different country. And then Prince was Tega. Tega. Yeah. I said Wega. Yeah. So his last name starts with a W. Yeah. Prince um, Tega Winogo was his name. Yes. Yeah. Actually, to Prince Wega, his twin brothers, who I was referring to, that he reminds me. I'm just. <laughs> so, yeah, he, um, you know, he he basically had that same, I don't know, a pedigree, came from a different country, played a different sport. And so I, I think that's great. And I think that he's a kid that can grow and you, he's raw, but you can a lot of a lot of growth potential there. And he's not counted on, I think, to play right away like someone like DeAndre Carter or Connor Lou. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. And you, you know he's not going to play this upcoming season. And then it seems like they're probably going to go with Wilfred before him. And then maybe after that, he'll have a chance down the road, which I think he'll be ready by that point, which is exactly what you want. We've talked about this before with quarterbacks. We've talked about this before with running backs. You're starting to see these rooms start to to backfill with talent. And it's like, okay, they've got a plan for the future here, which is which is great. Which is great. It's like uh it's like the positional needs not going to sneak up on Hugh Freeze and this coaching staff in two seasons. It's like they're planning ahead, which is incredible. It's absolutely incredible. But when you pair what's happened on the offensive line with what Auburn brought in on signing day, this defensive line class is so good. Daryl, it is so good, and they do so many different things. I mean, you got your defensive end with Amaris Williams. You got your interior guys with Malik Blockton and TJ Lindsey. You've got the guys that can rush the passer with Jamonta Waller and Joe Phillips. 
It's just the staff gets it. And they're like, okay, well, we need guys that can play right away on defensive line. Let's go out and get them. And I was a little skeptical about what they've done on the defensive line regarding the transfer portal because it's like, who are they, who's going to play? Who's going to play on the defensive line? Well, now I think you actually have some freshmen that you feel comfortable playing day one in the SEC because a lot of these guys are going to be here for spring. Yeah, Amaris Williams uh, is, is one of those guys that I think can play right away. Amaris, and, and I think that, you know, the different positions, the versatility that he can bring in this defensive line class, and, and I, we'll, we'll talk about that more later, but I think that lines of scrimmage, as you mentioned in the open, are the most important thing. That's where it starts when you're trying to reestablish your prominence as a program. Yeah. Auburn's done a really good job of, of building it that way. I mean, you know, we talk about other, you know, rooms needing injection of talent, infusion of talent. But, you know, a lot of times it's, it's the less hype and the less uh, attention gets gets uh, thrown at the trenches, but it's important, and that's where he's starting. And I really commend them for it. It's not easy. It seems to be harder to recruit those bigs, and he's doing a great job. All right, let's talk about just guys in the trenches, offensive and defensive line. I'm going to say the name of the signee, Daryl, and I want you to tell me on a scale of 1 to 10 how confident you are that they're going to be able to contribute in 2024. Okay. I mean, Williams, the highest rated uh, player that, that's going to be on the line of scrimmage. Seven. Okay. Joseph Phillips. Another seven. I mean, he's almost a 10 to me just because of the position. There's just not a whole lot of guys in the room. Jamonta Waller. Eight. Yeah, he's in the same boat to me. Eight, nine, absolutely. DeAndre Carter, the interior offensive lineman. Eight. Really? You think he had this season? I do. If he gets in the rotation and plays snaps, I'm not talking about starting, but if he plays in every game and gets in the rotation and plays some snaps, to me, that's an impact of an eight, and I think he's going to do that. Bigger impact on the roster. Connor Liu last season, DeAndre Carter this upcoming year. Same. What? Are you kidding? No. I mean, and I could be totally out of my mind and totally wrong, but you're asking for an opinion, and that's my opinion. Uh, no, I, I just want to yeah. know more about the opinion. So is it at? Is it just because of the is, – is, how much of that is somebody not stepping up at right guard or left you guard, just, I guess? You, that's that's part of it. And as a, we're, we're asking this question as of right now. In the year of our Lord, December 21, 2023, if, if in the next week Auburn picks up a couple of seasoned veteran group of five or power five guys that you can plug and play and start, I completely change my opinion on that. But we're okay. basing upon right now in the moment without Auburn having gotten any in, in the portal that, that can come right in like a Gunnar Britton did last year, or Avery Jones, and, and start. If that happens, I completely change that to a four or maybe even a five. But right now, that hasn't happened. What if Auburn strikes out and, you know, they wanted Scurry, miss, Bedford, miss, Carmona, miss. If they if they continue to miss on guys and this is what we have, then I think Carter's going to be forced to play a bigger role. That's why. Okay, I get it. Cool. But now it'll change. Like I said, if they if they go out and get somebody, that'll completely change my opinion. Yeah, and we'll talk about the portal in a second for sure. TJ Lindsay, the 6'3", 270-pound four-star defensive lineman. Five. Okay. I'm a little higher. I'm going to say six or seven. I think a lot of these freshmen play. Daryl Malik Blockton, 
fellow defensive lineman? Six, because he's versatile of where he can play. If they put weight on him in the spring in a conditioning program, he can move inside. If they don't, he's athletic enough to stay right where he is. Yeah, I'm curious to see who emerges quicker out of these two, TJ Lindsay and Malik Blockton. Right now, I actually I'm gonna have TJ Lindsay ahead of Malik Blockton. So we're gonna differ a little bit there, but I agree that it's close. I agree that it's close. Seth Wilfred, uh, the the JUCO offensive tackle. Hmm, great question. I'll go with a six on him. I think he'll be a depth piece. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm thinking five. I, I don't think he's a part of the starting conversation, but I do think he's in the two deep, which is relevant. And then I I, I think he's projected to start next season. Uh, Dimitri Nicholas, which. I actually don't think he signed at the time of us having this conversation. So let's uh, let's avoid that one. Uh, and then for the sake of completing the, the full class, let's include the transfer. Uh, let's, in, let's include Gage Keys in this conversation. Oh, seven or eight. Yeah. 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 I'm with you. I, I, I love that I power five experience, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I really do. I think, I think he'll play. I think he probably, out of everyone we mentioned, whether it's Williams, other than Waller, I think Waller, and keys and that whole group will be the two on the defensive side that play the most. I think Phillips is better than Waller, but what a great, what a great problem that we find what ourselves. A great in. problem. What a have. great situation that Auburn <laughs> has found itself. in. I guess, yeah. I, you know, it, it's relative. He was Waller. Some say he was the highest rated player in Mississippi. Some say Cam Martin, but Phillips is a great player. I think he's very much under the radar, but when you yeah, get a guy, Cam Franklin, stuff, Cam Franklin, the yeah, old. Who did I say? Cam, yeah. uh, you said uh, Cam Martin. Yeah, really. I you did. Struggling. Yeah. I apologize. Struggling with the names today. I'm ready for Christmas. Um, Cam Franklin <laughs> yeah. or Waller, you know, one of those two. I, I think anytime you've got the highest rated player in Mississippi, I think you get the edge. I, yeah. Not to yeah. sell Philip short at all, but yeah, that's why I went with that. Sure. Uh, I'm cool with it. I'm and by the way, Cam Martin, former Auburn player, right? So that's I can see the uh, yeah running back, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. shifty guy for sure. I want to hop to DeLorean and go back in time, right? By the way, and <laughs> with some of these name changes, that's okay. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. There's a lot of names thrown out. All right, let's discuss the portal. What's the biggest need on offense now, and what does Auburn need to go out and get? We discuss in just a moment, right here on Locked On Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends. At Game Time, Game Time is the best place to buy tickets. Daryl, you've bought tickets using the Game Time app. I've bought tickets using the Game Time app. I've bought uh, tickets to sporting events, Auburn games specifically, as well as New England Patriot games. Also bought some concert tickets um, for my wife that we're going to early next year. And it's so easy to use, Daryl. I love that you can pull it up and you know, you know that it's the best deal for those specific seats, you don't have to look at other places. Game Time's done it for you. It's phenomenal. You you can see exactly kind of what a virtual seat where your seat mm-hmm. is virtually, and like and just yeah, it, it's right there. You plug in who you're wanting to see. It's there's no guessing involved. I love it. Yeah, in fact, you can take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On College, all one word, Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Creating an account and redeem code locked on college for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at Auburn Metastetics. Guys, Christmas is here. And if you're looking around on this Friday or Saturday, whenever you're listening to the show and you're thinking, I didn't get enough, one, you're probably correct. 
to solution. AuburnMedAesthetics.com. Uh, any, uh, it, they've got so many services at Auburn Metastetics. They will take care of your significant other. So he head over to AuburnMetastetics.com. Get them a gift card. It's very easy to use on their website. And uh, she'll love you for it. She'll love you for it. So once again, AuburnMetastetics.com, the best place to buy gift cards this holiday season. Daryl Daprich, our guest on this Friday. The biggest need on offense when you look at what Auburn has done and now they prepare for the portal period of this because let's be honest, it's very clear they were focusing on this recruiting class and it paid off. It paid off tenfold. I think offensive tackle is still the biggest need on the offensive side of the ball. What say you? You know, I, I certainly can't argue with that. Mine is still the receiving room, and I know yeah. that people are going to say, are you crazy? I don't know with how far they have to come and who they lost in the performance of last year if we can automatically assume, no matter how talented this Fab Four are so far, that any of them can come in. I think it's unfair to expect an immediate impact from kids that are freshmen. Now, do I believe that a Cam Coleman or a Perry Thompson or any of these kids will get significant playing time and can make it can make an impact? Yes, I just don't know if I want to bank on that or put all my eggs in that basket. I think it's an unproven commodity because of their age. And so that's why I still feel like it's the one that needs the most improvement with what Auburn lost in performance last year. I think if you're Hugh Freeze and the staff, you almost have to. You almost have to say, I have to rely on you. I mean, the amount of NIL capital that has been thrown to these kids, I don't think you need to throw much more in that receiver room because that's what you're paying them to do at this point. I mean, let's just call a spade a spade here. Cam Coleman and Perry Thompson, they haven't been treated like regular players their entire life because they're not. They're not regular players. They're very special human beings, and they were treated as such on the recruiting trail. They're going to be treated as such as far as Auburn getting ready for the season. So I think you give them the special treatment. I think you give them as many reps with the ones as humanly possible this spring and say, hey, if this offense is going to take a step forward, it has to be because of you guys on the outside. Bryce Kane, Malcolm Simmons, you will have a role too, but we've really got to make sure it clicks with these two guys on the outside and whoever our quarterback is, assuming it's Peyton Thorne. I think that's it, Daryl. And I don't know if you can go out and get a guy via the portal that's going to be able to come in and make that level of an impact or at least have that type of ceiling as these two guys do. And so I almost don't think it's worth going to get another dude because it may take away reps from these two five stars that have come in. So that's why I think offensive tackle is it. The key is what, what you in what you just said is ceiling. Yeah, I'm not talking about potential ceiling down the road or how great they're going to be. I'm talking about immediate impact. And I think it's one thing to have you freeze, tell them, I've got to rely on you, and another that they believe it, they know it, they see it in their heart, but can they translate that onto the field? I think they will. I think they are special, but I just mm, – counting on that, is a little bit scary to me, but we'll see. I mean, I, I think if anybody could, somebody out of this group could emerge because they're special. But the offensive yeah. tackle's a good one as well because that that obviously um, is such an important piece and cog of everything you do 
uh, from pass game and run game. So, yeah, I, I can't argue with that one either. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's obvious, right? I think if you get an offensive tackle that you feel is better than Dylan Wade, you scoot Dylan Wade inside, Dylan Wade's going to be a better guard than most of these guys on the roster. And it just it upgrades multiple positions if you're able to do that. Pair that with Connor Liu going through another offseason. Pair that with Xavion Miller, who was very raw this time. I mean, Xavion Miller's a different human being than he was a year ago. And I just think they're one position or one guy short in this entire room. And if they can get that taken care of, boy, uh, I really think this offensive line could be one of the better offensive lines in the Southeastern Conference. I agree, and that's where it becomes the whole different changes the complexion. Where I don't think any of these freshmen are have, have to be relied to get into the two deep significantly. You get one, which is ideal, which is yeah, ideal. Yeah, you, you get a tackle like you said, then you address the guard position at the same time by getting that tackle and sliding right. weight over, and then it just becomes a depth thing and a numbers thing. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what that looks like moving forward. I want to discuss the biggest hole on the defensive side of the ball, but just real quick. I mean, do you think there's any major hole as far as tight end goes? Daryl, did that cross your mind at all? Because I have seen a few people concerned about the depth and the production of the tight end room after Deal and Fairweather. Well, I like I like Michael Riley too. I think you've got three dudes there, and I think why I'm not so concerned about it is they're all three different types of tight sure. ends. They all do yeah. different things. You've got your pass catching tight end, your blocking tight end, and then a kind of a hybrid of both. Um, but that's not to say that I don't still think that Auburn may get Skinner or Rico Walker and add to that room from a tight end standpoint from the portal. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, what's the biggest need on defense, Daryl and I? disagree on this as well. So stay tuned. That's coming up right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sports book of the Locked on Podcast Network. Once again, Auburn a seven-point favorite in the Music City Bowl over Maryland. Daryl, where are you leaning on that one when you look at our friends at FanDuel's line? I, it's a great line. I mean, I, if, if someone would have asked me after Tongue of Aloha, opted out, what do you think? I'd say I would have said Auburn between 7 and 10. I think Auburn's got a lot of just desire and urge to win a freaking bowl game. It's been a little while. Yeah. I think they want to win this bowl game to propel them into next year. So, you know, they got a lot of guys that still are opting in on this, including their starting quarterback. And so, yeah, I think Auburn would have been – was favored anyway. I think this just widens, obviously, the gap. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm taking Auburn to cover as well. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to kick off your sports winnings. And right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NFL and the LockedOn Podcast Network. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Daryl. I believe the biggest need on defense is cornerback. Keontae Scott moving to the outside certainly helps 
it certainly, certainly helps. Do I feel great about going into the season with Keontae Scott and Kay and Lee as your two outside corners? I feel okay about it, but this defense was able to do so much when their front seven being able to trust DJ James and Nehemiah Pritchett and Kay and Lee a year ago. And I don't know if they're quite to that point just because I think Keontae Scott's such a good player. I think he's better in the middle of the field. I still I still believe that. And so we'll we'll see how they treat that throughout spring. But I would love another guy. I would love another guy. If you could somehow keep Canley as your third best corner on your team, that would be an incredible situation to find yourself in going into spring. I would love another guy too. I think more as a luxury. To, I would like a guy to get added to, to depth as a luxury type situation. Um, I, I think defensive line, defensive tackle, still the biggest need, the biggest hole because you rotate guys so much. Yeah. In, in the Southeastern Conference along the defensive front. And, uh, you know, maybe I, I just – I'm really, really high on Scott and Lee, but behind them it gets a little bit thin. So, yeah, I, I would want another dude to be put in that backfield. I just think that would be more of a luxury and not a necessity as defensive. I mean, I I mean, other than Jason Jones, you know, I get it. Gage come, you know, Gage Keys comes in. I mean, mm -hmm. wh where's the starters – along the defensive front, right? So are we still looking for another starter? I mean, are we assuming Rodgers has gone in this conversation? Well, I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't guess. see him coming back right now yeah, until I, mean, I see an announcement. I'm going to assume he's not coming back. Right. I think that's what we'd have to do. So yeah, that's why I still think not only from a depth standpoint, but I think we need, you know, Auburn needs one more just to emerge, to be a force, to be a solid starter. Yeah, so if Rodgers is gone, your oldest guys are Keys, Jones, and then Zakevius Walker, who's been kind of, I, know, I felt like he has given a few chances last year, and I don't think you really grabbed hold of them as much as I expected him to. You feel good about Keldrick Falk at defensive end, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you feel great about that. Can Darren Reed step up? What about, uh, you know, Quintrail, Jamison, Travis? Can he step up? He came in late. He didn't even really get an offseason last year. Can he do something... Maybe and be a be a guy a depth piece at that three technique. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm with you. It seems like they are missing a few guys, unless they just kind of told, "Hey, Malik Blockton. Hey, T.J. Lindsey. Hey, Maris Williams. Like you're going to come in and play. You're going to come in and play, and you're going to be part of the two deep, part of this eight or nine guy rotation that we have up front." Like, I don't think it'd be the worst plan, but there would be games where I think that would hurt you. That's a good point that maybe that was a selling point. Maybe that was the thing that put them over the pop, top. That was the closer mentality is that, hey, you're going to come and you're going to play significantly. I mean, Amaris smile. Williams is probably going to be Keldrick Falk's backup at defensive end, right? Yes. If they don't add anybody else. They, I if mean, they don't add anybody else, I can yeah. see that happening. He's got he's a physical specimen enough to do that and to handle that. So, But that, that could have been the selling point. You can come and you're going to get in the rotation, in the two deep, you're going to play significant snaps, come on here. It could have been what turned the tide on a lot Kel of Keldrick Falk to Amaris Williams, like <laughs> so great. Dude. It is. It really is. Oh, it's so fun. And just think about this defensive line like next year or two years from now when all these guys have grown up. I mean, I think Darren Reed will be a, a solid force by then too, with Blockton and Lindsay and Amaris and Keldrick. Like it's just gonna be fun. So it's gonna be a fun team. But you gotta it win is. in twenty four. You gotta win in twenty twenty four. Yeah, you do. Thank you. I mean, proof of concept. Let's not talk about being close and being in it and showing. I mean, there has to, in my opinion, 
you know, if you want to get a top five class, which is the goal in 2025, Hugh Freeze said himself, you need to have a little bit better proof of concept on the field and see a healthy jump from six wins to maybe nine to ten wins. That That's my opinion, and that's the expectation. And if we shy away from that, then, then what are we doing? What, what, you know, what's, what's all this wonderful goodwill that we're building up with this recruiting class if the goals and the expectations aren't loftier, especially yeah. when – it, it was right there for the taken probably to have eight wins, you know, and some disappointing things happen. So that's what I think. I think proof of concept matters because here's the thing. People will say none of the losses that Auburn had affected recruiting. And I believe that this year, but there may come a time, Zach, where the NIL money lines up and everything's equitable. And the player looks and says, who do I got a better chance to go to the college football playoff with and who could put me in the league? And that's when proof of concept on the field matters. I think that's a good point. Is does that does that turn happen in twenty twenty four? Like I don't know. I don't know. I think I think Auburn's going to. We talked about it in our predictions. I truly believe with a lot of the the ones that are coming back, the key components that are coming back on the roster, the, the Asantes and the Scotts and the Thorn and hopefully Hunter and all these guys that announced yeah. they were coming back. They can propel you now with a whole other year in the system. And some of the newer guys that were freshmen last year that contributed, when they become sophomores, they become a lot more grizzled veterans. That that group right there with another year of Freeze's coaching, if he grabs hold of the of the play calling responsibilities and says, yeah. I got yes, I, yes, they can make a two to three game leap in the win column, in my opinion. I think so too. I, I was referring to you said there's going to be a point where the losses start to hurt recruiting. Oh yeah, I, next year would be yes. I'm sorry. Yeah, next year I think could be that. I think if you start looking with especially Zach with a 12 team college playoff where the expectations is for more teams to get in, right. so the level of expectation of, of performance goes down some to get in. If, if if the if the bar is lowered and you still miss it, starts to become a problem. I think. Yeah, I think it's going to become a yearly thing where you've got to find 10 wins on your schedule every single year. And if you win those 10 games in the SEC, you're probably in the college football playoff. Yes, yes. That's the wonderful part about being in the conference that Auburn's in is they're going to get a little bit more. I mean, once they go ahead and seed, and once they go ahead and, and filter that out. That FSU on Wednesday, by the way. Yeah, right. I mean, it, once they sift out the conference – Champions, if you are a SEC 10-win team, you're going to get in over a Big 12 10-win team. You just are. Uh, you may get in over a Big 10 10-win team, looking at the optics. Definitely over a 10-win ACC team. So that's the race is on. That's You're right. The, ra the, the, the race to 10 wins, because if you do it in the SEC, I have a really good feeling you're, you're in. You are yeah, in. Yeah, I think so. I think so. What a fun week. It was, man. Oh, it like was. as we get towards the end of the year and we just kind of look back at everything that happened this year, calendar year, it was a good one for Auburn. And, and I just think if Hugh Freeze is able to pull this off in three or four years, we're going to look back and say 2023 was where it happened. 2023 is where the standard of Auburn football changed. And it, it's just, it was cool to do that and talk about that every day with you and uh, to be joined by you every day or every single, uh, every single day. Yeah, I, I wanted to take that moment, too, to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Yes. We thank you for the people that tune in and watch this and listen on the podcast. I don't ever take that for granted that somebody actually 
wants to sit there and listen to opinions. And yep. so, and, and thank you for providing this platform, Zach. I really appreciate it. It's been a wonderful year, a great year. It has been a wonderful year. Uh, I think you'll be on one more time next week and maybe we'll reflect on 2023 and look into 2024 a little bit more. But Merry Christmas, everyone. We will have a crossover episode drop Monday morning on Christmas with Trey Moore. He hosts Locked on Terps. We talk about the Music City Bowl and uh, just kind of what we need to be watching for for that. And on Tuesday, I've already recorded a few interviews that are going to drop in that episode. Uh, just talking about some of the acquisitions that Auburn has made via the portal so far. So we'll still have all that. I'll be back to normal episodes on Wednesday. So bear uh, bear with me. We'll still put content up on Monday and Tuesday. It may not be fresh. If big things happen, um, come back on Wednesday. We'll react to everything then. But hopefully uh, hopefully you enjoy some time with your family. But if you need to step away, you choose to uh, to look at Locked on Auburn to kind of give you a, give you a little bit of an escape. Daryl, in the meantime, how can people check out everything that you've got going on? Follow me on X uh, at DAP6410, uh, typically Monday mornings and Tuesday afternoons on the Auburn Network, and then with you Fridays and live basketball postcasts as well. Yes, yeah, and, and no basketball postcast tonight. Daryl's going to the game, spending some time with his family. I'm going to do the same thing too. I'm going to try to not work Christmas weekend. I'm going to try to do it. I'm going to try to do it, Daryl. We'll see if we'll see if do it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Hey, until uh, until Monday. Where we drop the Christmas episode, we'll see you then. This has been Locked on Auburn.